So just talking casually like this, I think we... I think I agree with that, if I had to. Um, I guess I would agree with talking casually. Okay, I agree. Well, I think first thing on our docket today, uh, welcome to that blank podcast. I think we need to come up with a name for the Web Canopy Studio podcast. Under the Canopy. Okay, so that's funny because that's what the the video series we were doing for a while was called. Oh, shit. So you're right on brand. That's for sure. (laughs) We call it Tim and Friends. Tim and Friends. Oh, Or, or Good suggestion, Matt. I like that one. <laughs> we could call it Raquel and Friends. We could. Ooh. We could. Hmm. Anyone else have a suggestion? I feel like I should say Larry and Friends, but <laughs> there's already a really good podcast called that. Is there really? No. <laughs> I feel like we should name it at, like the way that you name a band. So we need to keep a list of like band like names. Ch- stinky Cheese Fruit. That one's a little a little gross. That's but actually what the band is called. You can't. So. Oh, really? <laughs> I was looking at Tim's apple when I thought of that. Stinky. Come on. It's delicious. <laughs> Why are you talking about Tim's apple that way? Well, after our branding conversation about the potential publication, we probably need to keep Canopy in it. Good call. At least. Yeah. Or so canopy that might be a cool first thing to talk about. Uh, we're kind of going back in time in some ways and innovating the way our ancestors would with a print publication. Everyone does ebooks, but who's doing print magazine? We're rocking it old school. Yeah. Are you recording right now? <laughs> He's like, this is so shitty. I hope we're not live. No, we're not. Tell us a secret. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're going. How many live listeners we got? 22,000? Uh, it looks like four. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so going (laughs) back. So so four total. Oh, man, I feel bad if anyone actually ends up listening to this. I don't. You can can edit. We're going to go ahead and talk about this magazine, though. I think it's a cool idea. What do you guys think? Great idea. I'm super psyched. Yeah, I mean, we used to do a lot of these in my my past life and my job back in Boston. Um, Tim's from Boston. Not a big deal. <laughs> he never uh, tells these, anyone about it. These quarterly newsletters we put out to our independent agents as an insurance company. And I was writing the content for that. It was simple, like eight pages, starting off with a, like a nice um, a letter from one of the VPs. In this case, we would just have like a, like a just state of the union from John talking about what's new in marketing, what's new in our world. And just hitting on some of the pain points we're seeing from our clients, from a, you know, a small business perspective or exciting new trends in marketing or inbound that we're doing that we want to just kind of share with the team without giving too much of the, the secret sauce away, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Just like any it's other just mayo. content. Yeah, all the other valuable content. You can give them all these checklists and templates and we can do the same thing, give them a lot of great ideas, but then obviously the real kicker is what we help people do. And you touched on a point, Tim, so I started a document that I'm going to ask all of you to help with. Uh-oh. Mm, you're Ooh, gonna love it. All right, it's time for the segument, Raquel's document. <laughs> I love, I love a good document. Raquel's document corner. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you all love my Google Docs. <laughs> just every episode, just like this is Raquel's document. Raquel's like, so I shared you all a document, and it would be it'd be really helpful if you could just, you know, make any literally any contribution to it at all. So you'll like this one. 
I formatted it in questions so that you didn't just have to come up with ideas out of nowhere. So question one, you don't have to answer it now. You'll see when I share the document. Ooh. I'm going to answer it now. Go ahead. Love a good document. What do you find yourself answering? What kind of questions do you find yourself answering for cr- clients, not clients, clients, clients frequently? Or what inbound <laughs> concepts do you need to convince them of? In other words, Web Canopy Studios FAQs, right? So Wow. We had a conversation about MQLs versus SQLs. Yeah, Tim's that, eyes that's lit exactly up. What I was gonna that's say. totally yeah. what I was going to say. It's MQLs versus SQLs every time. And just yeah. the, the, the definitions, the handoff process, the nurturing, all of that. Mm-hmm. I think people have a pretty good understanding across the board in marketing of like the importance of putting out blogs, social media. I think people even are starting to wrap their heads around the pillar content strategy. But the MQL, SQL opportunity seems to be spend a lot of time answering those questions i think that brings up a cool point of just like everyone knows they should build an audience they should get people in they should get that traffic up but what do you do with it and how do you capitalize on it and how do you make a sale about it and that's just that doesn't come natural to everyone no no it really doesn't it makes, i've worked for companies that had just thousands upon thousands of contacts and absolutely no idea what to then do with them and a lot of that people are afraid to uh I actually find this is kind of diverging a little bit, but companies seem to fall one way or the other when it comes to the content that they're willing to put out. Like either they put out content that all reads like an ad for their services. Because hmm. uh, you really, but, but <laughs> never it's a, seen that. No, <laughs> right. Never. That's never happened. People put out content that just looks like an ad for their services. Right. And if you think about how this is meant to drive interest in your brand, it's meant to drive awareness of your brand engagement on social media. Right. But like, I mean, how many how many accounts do you follow for ads? Pretty much. I'm gonna go ahead and say zero. I'm gonna zero. go with zero. Well, I'm a huge ad enthusiast. So I actually have a, a very I have a Twitter list of just I, I don't actually I don't do that. Um, <laughs> I actually do do that though for good ads. Like if I'm scrolling oh, on Instagram, I'll a, save a good ad. Do you do? do. I have a whole <laughs> folder of them. I have a yeah, folder for it on Instagram. Yeah. 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 But then on the other side, right, is you've got companies that do have that are like kind of closer to grasping the whole inbound mindset. Uh, so they're putting out useful content. They're putting out stuff people want, but like they're afraid to remind people that they do, in fact, have a you know product that you should pay them for. Uh, it's almost like how do you toe that line like exactly. in an honorable – there's no like – everyone's audience is different. So Yeah, you get people who are like, you know – I just don't feel right gating content behind a, a data gathering form. Like, like you know, if I'm if I have this useful knowledge, shouldn't I just be giving it to people? Like, why am I? It, like, uh, doesn't it turn people off to have to fill out their name and email address? Well, that's what it's I was like, gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Because there's, there's a fine line. If you've got a great piece of content or a great idea for a uh, you know blog topic, how do you how do you say whether it should be? gated or not and maybe our head of content Raquel could chime in on that with some ideas well I think that this is a really great example use case would be a blog if you have something like a pillar page or a blog you can have all of that ungated and offer tons and tons and tons of really great information but then if somebody is extra interested that's when they're going to hit your your upgrades on the blogs, the CTAs that say, do you want to know even more about this? Or do you want to know what first steps you could take to do this for yourself? And then by that point, they're most likely willing to give you some information for it. Now you can hit people with a pop-up or something like that when they first get to your site and maybe they're interested in 
you know, giving their information for a template or what have you right away, a download. But if they're not, that's perfect. I mean, that's why we try to write really great content all around the site so that there is a mix. Get them interested first. So, all right, you brought up uh, pop-up, which is kind of like, it was like a oh, no, no word. And now it's like one of our favorite tools we use in HubSpot. Uh, I wrote a couple questions down before we started. What's the coolest idea you ever had with a tool in HubSpot? So, for instance, we almost have every single client have an exit intent lead. What is it called? It's not called a pop-up. It's called a lead flow, right? It was yeah. called a lead flow. Now it's a pop-up. Now it's a pop-up Because everybody again? was Great. like, oh, you mean a pop-up? <laughs> They were trying to not call it pop-up because people had a bad taste about it. Of but course. really, they work so well that I think everyone kind of got over it. It's yeah. this thing that pops up, so <laughs> yeah. So, do you guys have any? Let's go around the circle. Do you guys have a coolest idea that you think that you've come up with or that you've seen one of your teammates do with these HubSpot tools? I mean, honestly, <laughs> for, for – so um, – you know, my own background, I have a fairly long amount of experience in marketing, but working exclusively in HubSpot or almost exclusively in HubSpot is fairly new to me. Um, one, actually, uh, this might not seem like the most off-the-wall use of a HubSpot tool, but it was actually Tim yesterday. We uh, have a uh, we have a client who's running a webinar and who's uh, had trouble getting their, uh, getting their ads live for whatever reason to drive unique new traffic to the webinar registration. Um, and, uh, Tim brought up yesterday, like, why don't we just place a, uh, a chat bot on their, on their site and drive people that way? Uh, I just implemented it. It took like five minutes and, uh, and that hadn't even occurred to me, right? Uh, cause I'm not used to that just being something you can do without any real difficulty. Uh, but I, I had never really considered chatbots too much in general until until starting here, like mm-hmm. two and a half months ago. Um, Do you remember any like the messaging in there that kind of? What did or, you say? Or have you gotten any results yet? You said it was just yesterday. It just launched so. at the end of the day yesterday. Um, but so the the whole point of their webinar is called modernization for field services, which is basically sounds boring. But like if you're a field <laughs> service manager, like think of like okay, you're managing a fleet of like utility guys or or like. Um, Think of like a cable provider who's got these people all over the state checking in on homes or whatever. It's a basically a way to manage and and um, manage them. Uh, but a lot of people are still using it with like literally pen and paper or Excel spreadsheets or something. Mm-hmm. And this is this client has a software and CRM tool that helps them manage all that. So the uh, the prompt on the chat was, "Are you still living in the past?" Whoa! And um, and if you click on it, it's just like if you're still using pen and paper, then you probably are. Mm-hmm. We have a webinar coming up on May first. Blah 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 blah. And then like the the call to action was like, "I want to modernize" or something like that. Um, sure. So yeah, we'll see. If, we'll see if it moves in the dial at all. The cool thing is, our client loved it. Um, he oh, was yeah, like. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was like, oh, this is great, but it's, it made me feel like all introspective. Like maybe I'm li- living the past, dredging up old memories <laughs> for me or something. I got to go home and listen to some emo music. Yeah. It turned out to be, he went home and listened to some As I Lay Dying. Yeah. <laughs> I think I struck a chord with him. So hopefully Whoa. it'll grab the, uh, grab some potential leads the same way. That's cool. I'm um, curious to see too, because they have to answer how many questions? It's not, it's, it's just opening it and then they get everything right there. Oh. So that's like a very simple one. Um, I also spent about two hours yesterday building a very sophisticated chatbot. Um, Ooh, for a new yeah. chatbot drinks uh, drinks wine. <laughs> Ooh, okay. um, yeah, fancy. Now we're talking. Capital chatbot F. Chatbot Europe. <laughs> it's a very mature chatbot. 
But um, and that's the one with like it's basically you know when we when we launch a chatbot for the first time we we look at it almost as a as a PPC campaign. We just get it out first and collect data, like find out how they're using it, what pages they're using it on, what the experience you're getting. Um, from the, from customers who interact with it, and then adjust accordingly. Mm-hmm. So what this is it's sort of like starting with the lowest common denominator, and this is for a print management um, specialist, and basically just gathering information up right up front of like um, what's most important to you, whether it's like saving money on your printers or like document security or a couple other prompts, and based and they based on whatever pick whatever choice they picked, they're getting like more prompts around like okay, you might find this useful. Top seven ways to Save on print. It's a nice piece of download. There's um, learn more about document security, and it's like a whole basically. Um, this is for a plumbing company, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, if you want to speak to a specialist, like you can chat with us right here, and um, it goes to the contact form. Cool. So, so you built it. You haven't started it yet, right? No, no. That site's going to launch in a couple. All of right. Weeks. So stay tuned, guys. We're going to have a follow up on that in a couple of weeks on yeah. the next episode of the podcast without a name. <laughs> I thought we all agreed on, on Tim and Friends. Oh, Tim and Friends. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I feel stupid now. Just trying to make Ben Through the Desert on a podcast with no name work. Not working. <laughs> Heavy. It's just, the wrong, it's just the wrong rhythm for this. Is Does that a young song? Ben Through the Desert on a horse with no name. On a hub spot with no name. Hub spot, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Does anyone else have another feature or a cool idea that they developed? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> go for it. Uh, so, there, there is like, I have answers to all of these. Because yeah. I wrote that. Yeah. You've had so, time to think about it. No fair. He's like, well, I know. <laughs> these questions like, well, what cool stuff did I do this week that I want an excuse to talk about? Exactly. Um, <laughs> that, is that why you bought the microphones, Larry? That is exactly why. And he has a message for all the, the world table. to hear. Let's go on the table and talk about everyone's best mountain biking experience <laughs> of the last week. So I'm actually going to start reading chapters from my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so what gave me the idea for this is we've been, as a team, really diving into the lead scoring and HubSpot scoring features. There's so much you can do, and I just found out the other day that you can do multiple HubSpot scores. What? So, oh, yeah, I thought we all <laughs> talked about this. Um, Wait, actually, I think I heard somebody say this. Or something. Yeah, so what we, we've always just had one score, but what you can do is create a new property that has its own score. So for instance, um, we talked about, this was actually not my idea. This was John's idea. Uh, he's our CEO. I don't know if we have to preface that. He's or not, not here. JK. He's not here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, our one lead score is based off of lead or your leads fit and engagement. Whereas we could do two separate scores, one based on just engagement and one just based on fit. So you can, you a lot of people will have people come to their site that maybe is a student just looking for resources. So it looks like they're engaging with your site a ton and then their score goes up and up and up and they have a hundred, but it's just because they're downloading your content and studying it. Or maybe they're, uh, they want to apply for a job with you. So they filled out a bunch of forms that doesn't mean they're going to be a client, but if you have a separate score that kind of has weighed in on, oh, they work for a company with. 100 employees, they make over $2 million a year, boom, you can put the two of those together and then you really have a great idea of, wow, this is someone that we could actually work with or we should move this to our MQL and try to close the sale. I like that too because that, that opens up all kinds of opportunities for different workflows you could do, right? Because oh. you, you could have an engagement workflow and a fit workflow. 
Oh, sure. I don't know. I don't know what you would do with a fit workflow. Now I think about it. It's like, well, get I don't know, though. Listen. You never know when I they're going to be someplace it, where yeah. they become a fit because let's That's say you point. are a student or let's say, you know, whatever you're, you're very interested and not a fit, but then maybe a few months later, a year later, you start working for a company that actually is a fit. And then you can say, I know exactly who can help us with that. I mean, it happens. It's worth that's a, that's the send. most perfect example I could mm-hmm. think of. Absolutely. I want to touch on the lead scoring too, because um, I kind of just remind myself in the last couple of days how important it is to continually update your lead scoring too. Oh, good. So call. we had a client that was struggling with the MQLs and not, not getting enough, um, at least consistently. And what I did was I realized in the past month or so, we had launched a couple of new landing pages, um, new forms, like new products basically that hadn't been reflected in the lead scoring because we had re- updated that score more than a month ago. Um, so we had people downloading all these things, but no one was getting any points for them. And then I just tweaked the numbers a little bit, did just that. And when I, when I saved the new lead scoring system, I had 170 people qualify as MQLs on the spot. Um, and again, like there's a missed wow. opportunity that we didn't identify them sooner, but it's good that we did. Um, so important to, you know, as every, maybe even once a month, just check your lead score, making sure that mm-hmm. any, any new things you've done that they're being scored in the lead scoring. And like on that talking with the person who's getting the MQLs and being like, Hey, are these, are these right? <laughs> Did yeah. we do these, a good job? These good leads? Yeah. It's got to go both ways <laughs> because it, they could just be brushing aside and moving on to the next one. Cause if they're getting, you know, 20 a day, they just care about moving on to the next one. When, if you actually take the time to be like, well, why didn't this person work? Can we adjust something in what we're doing? And that feeds into the whole conversation about the MQLs and SQLs, because on one hand you have the people who, don't think they're getting enough MQLs and then you have the people who are ignoring the people who are reaching their MQLs and a lot of times it goes back to is the lead score right because if we're getting you 500 MQLs a month and you're saying that they still need to be nurtured before they're ready to go to sales then do we need to change the score threshold Mm -hmm. for example any particular client you're thinking of? (laughs) None. A few actually a few. A couple yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Certainly no one who should be named yeah, uh, specifically. Certainly not. Yeah, I'm this, just joking, of course. <laughs> Guys, we're, we all wear glasses. Whoa, yeah. maybe that's the podcast. That's, true, that's true. Is that why we sound so smart? Whoa. The yeah, four eyes oh the four eyes God. of Front Street. The weird thing is Whoa. you can actually hear the glasses through the recording. Mm-hmm. It's better it's echo. Al- better quality, audio quality. Mm-hmm. Almost an od- oddity. Aud- <laughs> audio quality. Better. There is some oddity to <laughs> more, it. More than a little oddity. Oddity sounds very Canadian. What else you got, Larry? Um, so we've been going for a while. I think we'll try to wrap this up, maybe make this the last question, but can any of you guys think of your favorite interaction with a client? Definitely Indra telling us. End of the podcast. All right. (laughs) See you guys next week. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure I've had some. Let me think. Let me think. Oh, wait. (laughs) I'm sure there have been interactions with a client that I've enjoyed. (laughs) There have been many. There have been some where I have been on the brink of trying not to laugh so hard during a call. Not at them, but just at something. I don't know. You were on that call with David when Caroline was working from home and with her, like... Oh, no. Yes, I know exactly. (laughs) What what happened with the video? Yeah, and like I don't know exactly how she got into the position, but at some point she ended up um, moving her laptop, and it sort of closed a little bit at the same time as her T-shirt kind of came way down, and it was like full screen. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, 
Kate's bosom. Sweet. And she, she yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> and it was with um, David, and she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And we just laughed and laughed. I don't even think he noticed, but we all we all did, like, I after the fact. I think he was just being a gentleman about polite. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've had some really good conversations lately. There's one client in particular of the uh, content strategist that I want to connect you with, Raquel, mm-hmm. who just has really good questions about content strategy and is really stoked to be talking mm-hmm. to people who work in inbound. Like, I get the sense that in the, the notion of inbound is somewhat new to her. And she's trying to like really get her head around it, but she's she's real close and she's real enthusiastic. And it's actually just been a really fun, really fun series of back. So someone who's like sparking, making you actually like have to like because usually you're just like sharing things and trying to share sharing things, Mm -hmm. and then they're like, oh, that's a great question. We don't get a lot of those. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. Well, especially given that so many, so often. Because the fact is, we're a dedicated, like, inbound-focused agency, right? Most people, the, even people that work in marketing, don't spend all of their time in that mindset. They often, I mean, really, it's a fairly recent mindset that applies more than anyone else to tech and to SaaS, like, more than any other industry. And I don't think that's necessarily going to stay the case. I think it's growing, and I think it's a really good way to communicate with your with your audience, right? And a good way to yeah, drive, that's right on for drive sure. sales. But like we spend a lot of time trying to like jog people into the mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when somebody is like basically there and just trying to tease things out, they can ask the kind of questions that make me think, Oh, that's a great question. Why do we do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's usually an answer, you know, actually <laughs> this is, Totally random, but we were teaching some friends uh, outside of Michigan how to play an extremely Michigan card game. We're teaching Uker? people how to play Uker? Uker. Yeah. yeah. All right, <laughs> and, everyone uh, retweet this or uh, like it or wherever you're listening to. Engage with this if you like Uker. If you like Uker, <laughs> yeah, if you like Uker. But uh, so if you grow up playing that game, it's like a trick-taking uh, Trump game. It's like kind of like hearts, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that sums it up. Used to it, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so like... Um, uh, it gets kind of automatic when you played it for a few years. You know, you'll see a card play and you'll know the right card. You'll play that card. We were teaching a friend of ours who was super, super uh, engaged with it. Like he really wanted to be good at it. <laughs> uh, and he'd never played before. And he kept asking questions. We played a couple open hands. Like, so they could see what our hands sure. were, what were playing. And he was like, um, okay, so why did you play that card? And every time we all had to be like... <laughs> Why did it like like you won the trick like like it was the right card to play but like why did I play that card and it was weird having to like think back from something that feels automatic to be able to explain conceptually how to get to that point right and I feel like uh I feel like that's that's really nice when a client really buys into that that mindset that inbound mindset it is like really genuinely open to doing things differently from how they've done it in the past not only is that really fun to work on because we get to do fun stuff, but the questions they ask are like like genuinely like kick off growth for us. Like you genuinely have to think about why you do something the way that you do. And uh, yeah, it's good so to you- just it kind of goes back to what Tim said about going back and checking what you did with your M- 
I said, I keep going checking and sharing like I'm a bumpkin. <laughs> I swear I'm not. <laughs> but it's Don't about, listen to him. He's a bumpkin, y'all. He's a bumpkin. But just because it's the way you've always done it, it doesn't mean you, you don't have to go back and reanalyze what oh, you're yeah. doing. That's why it's kind of fun when we do get clients who have a little bit of experience because after a little while, we get stale on what we're doing if people don't ask us questions or make us think outside the box too. And then we find new solutions for things and come up with new pop-ups and uses for chatbots and all that kind of stuff, you <laughs> yeah. know? Otherwise, it's easy to get into, like you said, we're, we're, we spend so much time sort of teaching the concepts behind why we're doing things at a real baseline, like here's why we do marketing this way. We lose the details a little bit until people start going, well, why did we put that there? Or why are we talking about mm-hmm. this in this blog post? And then we can go, oh, you know what? We have three other ideas that may work better. Yeah, there is actually. I, I think it was one of my, I don't remember who said this, but I love this quote that uh, uh, because that's how we've always done it is the worst reason. Oh, to it do is it. terrible. I hate that. I hate oh, that. There's, there's, there's. <laughs> If if you fi- if if the only reason you can think of to do a thing is because that's how it's always been done, then like you need to you need to at least come up with a better reason. Yeah, to do that I thing. call that the grocery store mentality. That's like if you ever had like a job at like Myers or something, which I did in college. It's just why do you, why do we still do it? It's just like that's that's what we do. <laughs> There's yeah, no better terrible. answer. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think I mean we've been going for about a half hour. How do you guys feel about this? This is fun. I feel like with a little preparation, we could, you know, come up with um, some really useful things and maybe give some pretty good tips, too. I feel like I probably wouldn't share the story about Caroline's boobs as my favorite. (laughs) Even though it was funny, it wasn't I might keep it in there and and send this out. (laughs) Well, honestly, like, I feel like the the more personal that we kind of get as far as the way that we engage and, like, joke around and stuff, we can do some genuine, like, you know, affinity building. For sure. Like, we're right. fun people. So people if like any us. of you guys yeah. enjoyed this, please be sure to, I don't know, I hate like... Just be friends with us. Isn't it we're so lame? Like at the, I, like I think it's so like gauche now, like everyone who does a YouTube video is like, make sure you like and subscribe and comment and oh, be sure to, like I know that's like best practices or whatever, kind of like what you're supposed to do, but mm-hmm. I think it's like I'm over it. Is anyone else over it? I'm over it. <laughs> over it. I mean, I'm not against... Having people send their questions, but I think giving them a topic. Sure. If we knew that's that we cool. had an episode about a particular topic and asked for mm-hmm. questions. Or just like if you sincerely want to say something, then, or, or if you really do like it, then you should like it and you will like it. Like if you do something good, people will like it. But I've never been like watching a video and then they said, oh, be sure to like it. I was like, oh, fuck. I almost <laughs> forgot. And then go, yeah. I'm going like, I don't know. I'm trailing off. Any any last words? <laughs> Signing off. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.